Welcome to Part in the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts, and we're back. Ernest, where did that first became popular? Who made it popular? Like, we're back. I just remember Arnold in the Terminator. I'll be back. We're back. Uh, that was Jack uh, Nicholson in The Shining with the axe. No, that's here's Johnny. Oh. No, it was the Dinosaur uh, King movie. What was it? The one with the... Uh, Lion uh, King? No, no, no. Dinosaurs. It was the Dinosaur 2. What is it? One with Littlefoot and all those. Oh, Boy. wow. You're really... The old wow. animated movie. Anyways. The old anime. Yeah, that, that was the Dinosaurs 2. We're back. So I remember that being the title of that. I say we're back because we haven't done a podcast in about uh, almost three weeks. So here we're I'm back. I'm still alive. I'm still alive. You're still alive and you... you the you've completed I, another cycle of the uh rotation of the earth you're you're yes, older that's right yes that's right i am i am three <coughs> years from being a joke year that everyone speaks about but i am philip 66 i am 66 yeah good for you man and i've been on the road all during that period of time so uh, with family and, and enemies and the whole world. I was about to say, if you're on the road, are you one step ahead of the law or what? That, that's it. I went from Greenville to Wilmington to Atlanta. So it's kind of a southeastern swing. I guess I was on tour. <laughs> it. I was on tour. On tour. Have you seen any famous concerts of rock bands in your life? Oh, yeah. I've uh, seen you 2 twice. I've seen Springsteen twice. I have seen Tom Petty. Uh, I have seen the Rolling Stones three times. Uh, I've seen the Eagles. I've seen Don Henley by himself. I've seen Aerosmith. Uh, Linda Ronstadt. Wow, the best concert uh, ever then was what? Oh, the best? That was uh, U2 and The Clash and in uh, uh, NWA. And that was at the uh, South Carolina Stadium, which holds 90,000 people. Whoa. And I was virtually on the 40-yard line. Hot? That was for my 45th birthday or 40th birthday. That was for my 40th birthday. Was it hot? It was uh, sweaty? No, I'm naturally a hot-weather person, so no, it wasn't. It was was a great experience. Uh, It did not end until 3 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) <laughs> the ultimate stadium rock type of thing. I've been to the stadium rock types of things. They tend, people tend to think they're a little bit impersonal than in a closed arena. I don't particularly think so. It depends. If the act is, is oh, I forgot to see Eric Clapton also. Um, if they are uh, based on, if, if their scale with a stage and lights and everything for a a uh, large scale stadium, it works out very well. But it's very it's got to be theatrical to work in a stadium. Hmm. Fascinating because when I went on vacation, my grandson uh, 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 Logan Watts, there's your plug bud, asked me. We were going through all the concerts I've been to, and he asked me which concert would I rather see that I didn't get to see. And the, the gut in answer is usually the Beatles, but they weren't very theatrical. I mean, and they did very few concerts. They weren't really a concert band. 
So it would be Led Zeppelin is the one that I didn't get to see that I would have liked to have seen. I would and have liked that, to have seen Queen, I think, in their high in their highlight. That would have been good, but but you know, Led Zeppelin, I think, which now Brian May is a master guitarist for Queen. He is an astrophysicist now. He has a doctorate degree. And Freddie Mercury was very theatrical. Uh, it's just the, we, the it's almost a push. It's just the catalog of songs by Led Zeppelin, and and I'm, I'm you know I fall for twin guitar. I would have liked to seen Leonard Skinner in their heyday. <laughs> I saw the the I saw the reconstituted band, but Johnny Van Zant was had already been had died already. As soon as so you I'm say like, reconstituted, nothing really sounds good after that. No, you get a substitute. I'm seeing Van Halen. Both Van Halen's, uh, Van uh, Hagar and uh, 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 David Lee Roth, yes. So I've seen both of them. I've seen Bob Seger. Kind of stick to your neck of the woods. That's right, Bob Seger. Michigan Michigan boy. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, it's, I've, I've had some very great opportunities. I've seen nice. some great music. Nice. I've never had, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a bad concert. And I don't think I really have. I mean, Clapton disappointed me to a certain extent. But then again, he's not very theatrical. He, he's more the artist. You artist. want not only concert, you want a show. Oh, I want a show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I want the theatrics. I want the, you know, and, and the Stones amaze me at their age. I mean, uh, down here locally, when they performed in Charlotte, there's, they took a shot of, Big Jagger at age 73, he was just sitting at a bar, drinking a beer. And <laughs> the ability to be on stage and be a great-grandfather is, is just truly amazing. But that's another band that's not complete anymore. Charlie Watts has died. Right. So when you see groups like that, you know, it's not the original grouping. It, it, it's something missing to that extent. Yeah. Well, we do like culture, but we do love sports, and that's what this podcast is about usually. But, you know, we mix it up. So I went down memory lane tonight and watched NFL primetime with Chris Berman to watch all the highlights. And I felt like somebody turned back the clock 20 years because back in the day, he he had the show to watch the way he did the highlights. And it was fun to hear him go through the highlights for the hour show instead of, you know, running it through in five minutes per se. So it was a great weekend in NFL as far as exciting games, but not so great for your Panthers. Tell me, are you losing confidence in your Panthers? They're 0-2. Losing confidence to the coach. I, I just The offensive plays are getting called one week. They did ignore McCaffrey for some reason. I guess they're trying to baby him. The next week, it's just a strange play calling. It's it's the thing that frustrates is they have the longest losing streak in the NFL right now. They also, since the beginning of 2021, have tied the Chiefs for the most games they've had a lead in. So they've had a lead in most of their games. They just blow it at the end, which to me is is coaching. I mean, uh, I don't want to see anybody lose their job, but you know if you. You're making millions of dollars. I'm pretty sure you don't have to stand in the welfare line. So it's it's time to, you know, make a quick play for Sean Payton. Really? Get in there. Get early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I'd go for. Well, uh, are you saying the Panthers are the Nebraska of the NFL? I mean, that no, they're, they're always 
close, no, but we're they not lose. Going, we're not going for Urban Meyer, if that's what you mean. <laughs> we're not going to recruit him as a coach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the defense has been pretty good. It's a strange statistic. If the uh, opponent scores more than 17 points, they're 1 in 17. They hold the opponent to under 16 points, they are uh, 10 and 0. Yeah. So that tells me there's 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 just a disconnect there. So yeah, because I, I think the division is is reachable. I mean, Brady hasn't he had one great game against Dallas, but against New Orleans, he just didn't look like it was together. And and in that interest, as much as it looks like a disaster down in my neck of the woods, Cincinnati and and and. Denver and Cleveland. There's a lot of teams that are taking some deep, long looks in the mirror right now. Yeah, well, it's way too early. Um, but when I look at all the different games on a Sunday, it's so much fun right now on Saturday. But there's certain players, I just don't know why I can't really root for them. And Baker Mayfield's one of those guys. I don't know what is it about him, but I don't root for him. I never root for him. I, it, it just doesn't strike me as a guy that I would like to hang out with. So do you, can you think of any other players that you just look at and you go, eh, I can't wow. do it? Well, the only reason I hang around uh, uh, Tom Brady was to meet Giselle. <laughs> so there's there's one. I'm not particularly a fan of him. Just a, there seems to be like a – with Tom Brady, there seems to be, to me, individually, this is my opinion, not the opinion of this podcast per se, that sheen of phoniness like with Tom Cruise now. Let me equate that I do like the Mission Impossible movies. There are a lot of movies that Tom Cruise has done. But when you see him interviewed, there is a sheen of, of artificiality, of fakeness there. Too polished. Too polished. And I see it with Brady, too. And, you know, it's just, there's something about him. And no, it's not a jealousy of looks. It's just... I, again, it's something, some slickness there. Now, any other guys that I can't stand that much? Well, Drew Brees is gone, so I can't say him. <laughs> oh, you didn't like Drew Brees? No, 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 no. He's another one that had a sense of phoniness to him. Wow, and of course you, wow. You always, you always pick guys that are in the conference to routine plays. Because I'm so glad that the myth of Matt Ryan is being finally exposed. <laughs> because for years I've been saying, Matty Ice, what, what is this about this guy? I don't see it. And now Indianapolis doesn't see it. And that's another team that, you know, you lose to Jacksonville, in which they do every year, though, but that's divisions. It's, it's, you know, looks like it's up for toss. Because Tennessee didn't exactly impress anybody. No, no. They're 0 no. 2 also. Look at the 0-2 teams. You got the last year's Super Bowl Bengals. Uh, finalists. The Bengals. You've got uh, the Raiders. You've got the Panthers. You've got uh, New Orleans. You've, I mean, that's that's just it. There are a lot of good teams that are getting some. And the statistically, if you're 0-3, it's just almost impossible to get into the playoffs at that point, even, even with an expanded season and an additional playoff slot. Yeah, but it's it's you know to me the Raiders just made one mistake. They could have easily won the first two games. The Bengals poured a lot of money in that offensive line, and Oof, I don't see improvement. They stink. Oh my gosh, they can't can't block for anybody. I just don't see it. 
I mean, that's the difference. It's easy to go zero and two, and something's wrong. But you got to actually look at the games themselves. I'm not worried about the Raiders, other than they're a very tough division. So but, who do you like right now? Who's looking the best to you? Oh, Buffalo, without a doubt. I mean, uh, Buffalo and Miami. I mean, just like you put forty on that Ravens defense and being down three touchdowns. Maybe there's something to Tua. Maybe there's something to no. There's I mean, something to Tariq Hill is more like it. He he well, just expands and, the and, field. Yeah, but it doesn't hurt Kansas City, has it? I mean, they're rolling around pretty well. It's I don't know, but, but Buffalo has it on both sides, defense and offense. I mean, they're just a machine. You you can tell it that playoff loss to Kansas City is something that, that they're using as motivation. If they don't win it all this year, I think their coach is probably showing the door. I think they have think, all the pieces there. You mean if they get to the Super Bowl and lose, you think he's shown the door? Yep, because he's been so close so many times. I feel like he's held them back at times. Well, the excuse is they've lost their offensive coordinator. He's gone on to the Giants. And coach the Giants now. Yeah. But no, I mean, that's a, that's a very loyal group. And I don't think there's any, outside of Cleveland, any other fan group that is hungrier for a Super Bowl victory than Buffalo. Well, see, let's see. Buffalo, Cleveland, and Detroit, I think, well, are the only have, teams that haven't won yeah, the Super Bowl. Or been to, to yeah. You haven't been to four Super Bowls and lost them. Yeah, that's brutal. So that that's the hard part. Minnesota, I guess, could be throwing that. I think Minnesota, Cleveland's not been to a Super Bowl. So I guess realistically, we're talking Minnesota and Buffalo. The two teams that are like the, the Cleveland, um, I'd say the last name, the last name that used to be the Cleveland Guardians of the NFL. <laughs> Long time waiting. Almost, almost made that mistake. Oh my gosh. I still, the I'm Commanders, just, the Lions played the Commanders this last week and Lions played well. The first time they've been a favorite in like two years. They almost beat the Eagles. The Eagles look strong. Jalen Hurts, if he doesn't get injured, looks like a version of Mahomes to me. Well, the defense looks very good. I think that's the difference. I mean, I could easily see a Philadelphia Buffalo Super Bowl. Ugh. <laughs> groups. There's two fan groups. One that boosts Santa. The other one that busts tables. Yeah. Boy, that's, that's... The joke around here was they did a news article that after the Eagles-Lions game, there was lots of fights out in the parking lot, and the Philadelphia TV stations were saying how bad the fans were in Detroit, and the Detroit TV news kids were saying, boy, you can't reach any lower when the Philadelphia fan base say you're a rough crowd. But anyways, a, the Lions look pretty good. If it was a Philadelphia-Buffalo Super Bowl, the line would be which is higher. Total <laughs> points scored or the average IQ of the fans. Ooh, both teams. wow, 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 wow. Sorry to all our listeners in Buffalo <laughs> and Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump over to college football because it's still way, 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 way too early for the NFL at this point. <laughs> not for Notre Dame, it's not. It's over. Well, that's what I'm saying. Let's jump to the college football. Notre Dame is one in game, actually, but they look pretty rough. And Nebraska already got rid of Scott 
Frost, if they had waited a couple more games, they would have saved seven and a half million dollars. But the point is that college knows, college ADs know if they don't get rid of their coach at a certain time, it hurts them for the next cycle recruiting. And so right now, college football is still in such a state of flux. Um, even that Dr. Pepper commercials, they show a fan just going crazy. He says, hey, the players, the teams in the West are going to East. And it's crazy. But so right now, it's sort of hard to know who's really that good because teams like Michigan haven't played anybody yet. They're going to play Iowa. Um, Clemson, Alabama look pretty good. So who do you think? Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Iowa is not a good team. Michigan's going to play someone other. I think like Maryland. Though, I, right? didn't, I didn't say they played a good team yet. I'm just saying. Okay. I, right. We know that. We know that up here. But we're okay with blowing out teams. I think SEC's done that for many years. Oh, yeah. Play a lot of softies and then uh, play somebody tough later. But um, So which college program really impresses you so far? Georgia. 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 More, than Alabama. More than Alabama. Georgia. I mean, they've got a young defense. They had to replace practically three-fourths of their defense. They've got a walk-on quarterback who has a national championship ring, and he looks like he's mature. They're just a fast, quick team. We talk about speed in recruiting, and you've got the number one class, number three class. Well, number three class was Georgia, and they just reloaded. Number one class was Texas A&M. They ain't looking so good. <laughs> yeah, Appalachian and State should, has a way of making yeah, you should You should be very thankful for, X, for A&M because no one will bring up Michigan and Appalachian State anymore after that. Year. Yes, they will around here, but Appalachian State has proven over the last 10 years that they're the real deal. Now, let me see. Appalachian is 2-1, and one, and they've lost only one team. Who was that? North Carolina. Baby blue uniform. North yes. Carolina. A high scoring game. I don't think North Carolina has a single defensive player in their locker room. No, we just outscore them. It's it's the Jerry <laughs> it's Carcanian. Like, it's like the fast system. break of football. Yeah, it's it's we're the Loyola Marymount of college football. <laughs> oh wow. Three seconds in a cloud of dust. <laughs> I you know, that's that's the idea. More points, score it's more points. It's fun, though. Different. It's fun. Just oh yeah. I mean, uh, everybody's worried. Our quarterback was drafted in the third round by the Commanders, and and we were worried about uh, who would replace them. And we only brought in the son of a former All ACC quarterback at Carolina, the brother of a guy who won an NCAA basketball championship at Carolina, and the brother of a guy who won College World Series at Florida. Some pretty, pretty athletic uh, things going through Mr. May's veins there. I mean, that's, that's some pretty good DNA. And, and he was originally signed with Alabama and was considered the number three quarterback in the nation before he uh, recommitted to Carolina. So nice. Mac knows what he's doing. We just got to find the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Score people in that respect. But it's, uh, I'll tell you just from the eye test, I've watched Clemson, and they probably have the best defense in college football. Mm. But their offense is is this is not the Clemson of old. Uh, their quarterback's still holding them back. If they make a change at quarterback and go to the freshman, they have a chance to be in the Final Four. But 
they've got a rough game. They've got to play Wake Forest. But Dabo yeah. has done that before. Remember when we switched to Trevor Lawrence and he benched yeah. his guy who took him all the way? Took him to the Final Four before, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's done it before, and he may may have to do that again. Like I said, they got a big game against Wake Forest, and Wake Forest, like Carolina, can outscore anybody and everybody over a period of time. It's just a potent offense, and they got a great senior quarterback. And I know your son David thinks very highly of their coach because he used to be at Bowling Green. Lawson, yep. Yeah, yeah. So he's and he's done a great job with the second smallest. Uh, 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 college uh, championships uh, football team in, in the country. Wake Forest is the only team that has lower enrollment than Wake Forest, which is about 5,000 students, mm-hmm. is Rice. Yeah. Well, Wake Forest is a small campus, and when Clawson was at Bowling Green, my son David was on the video coordinator um, student group where he was paid to attend practices, and since he was pretty mobile in those days, they would have him hold this PVC pipe with a camera on top of it, and he'd run behind the quarterback. Wherever the quarterback went, he'd run behind him, and the camera was on top there shooting a picture so the coaches could go over afterwards with the quarterback and say, see, you missed this read or this read or this read. Now they probably use a drone for that. Um, but back in the day. You know, see how David could not have pushed this to get a job with, EA Sports with Matt somehow <laughs> to do the same thing on yeah, the video. Yeah. Uh, as you know, David made some money for a couple of years doing podcasts for V Sporto Network, which was one of the first blogging before I ever picked up podcasting. So now he's a, a dad who's a soccer commissioner and a lawyer. So there you go. And we are still doing podcasts. So let's move on to baseball because on your birthday, you got to go. To one of your favorite places in the world, right? Or oh, to yes. Be. You went down to Park. Atlanta, to Marietta, yeah. more exactly, to see yeah, a Cobb Braves County. Game. Yep. Yeah, Cobb, Cobb County. Uh, yeah, the Truist Park, which is, it's, uh, it's a unique experience there. This is my third trip to Truist. I've been to all three of the Braves stadiums in Atlanta. And actually, I've parked in the old baseball Fulton stadium. Fulton County. In- Fulton County, uh, Turner Field, yeah, and now Truist Park, which yep. will change when the bank changes its name again. What's the bank going to be changed? Yeah, that's, the bank changed its name, so they had to change the name of the park, which kind of has a Disney effect. There's a place called the Battery, which has some upscale, low-scale shopping, apartment <laughs> low complex. Low-scale? Low-scale, well. Like Dollar Tree or something? Well, I walked into a restaurant, and I said, so you're not dressed properly. <laughs> so... Uh, Wahlburgers, that's low scale. I consider it that extent. Wahlburgers, that extent, but it's 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 a great ballpark and it's it's the defending World Series champs. And they've really done a haul over since last year. They've gotten younger, they've only got one starter over the age of 30. Uh, and you know, it's it's they've inserted three rookies. Uh, Michael Harris, who's the center fielder, is batting over 300. Who's a rookie of the year candidate, Steve Strider, who is a pitcher under six feet tall, who is second in strikeouts in the National League, who is a rookie of the year candidate, and Vance Grissom, who is filled in for Aviles uh, at, at uh, second base. Is he related and to so Gus that, Grissom, the astronaut? No, no. Or Marquise Grissom, the former Braves center <laughs> fielder. No. <laughs> See, I thought that's where he would go. <laughs> 
Nice. And Greg Olson, who's is fit in for Freddie Freeman. Greg Olson? Uh, Greg Olson, yes. I thought Greg Olson was the tight end who's now... Or the old catcher for the Braves, yeah. too. How many oh, Greg yeah. Olsons do we have? Or it's a popular name, I guess, if you get the last name. It's actually Mark Olson, but we'll go with that anyway. <laughs> but uh, he's he's got over 90 RBIs. He doesn't have the batting average Freeman does, but he's seven years younger. And so, cheaper. And signed, yeah, and they've signed these guys to long-term contracts. Uh, everybody except Swanson, the shortstop, is signed for the next five years. So they've done a neat little job doing this. Now they can cry small market. They're not small market. Liberty Media owns them, and they're just raking in money. They're putting in uh, Top Golf in November in the golf course in the baseball park. So it's it's fascinating. I was stopped at a uh, breakfast place in Atlanta, and we were, a young man who was our waiter was talking about. It. I said, "Well, you know." Because he had gone to several ballparks, and he would, in my opinion, of some of the older ones I've been to. And I said, well, now it's it's part of marketing. that They want to get usage out of a field 365. So he looked Which, at you and said, this guy knows old oh, ballpark. Yeah, this man's old ballpark. Well, I remember Ebbets Field. Oh, well, Wrigley. I've been there twice. Yeah, once with me. And we went to uh, Briggs, former Tiger Stadiums. It was an empty, vacant lot, but we not anymore. There. Now they built a literally park there. Right? Yeah, right. And I've been to the old Milwaukee Braves Stadium, <coughs> which is the parking lot of the Brewers, and went to old Yankee Stadium, watched a game there. So in uh, Memorial Stadium, of course, RFK. I mean, I've been to a lot of ballparks, but now there's like, and I think I alluded this in a, in a text to your son David. There, there's a large portion of people who go for the experience. The Social activities, the gathering, the drinking, the eating, the gourmet, you know, the, they have a gourmet food there available, the, the, the reservation boxes and all that. And then there's the old fogies like myself who go for the baseball. How you much know. was a hot dog at, at this field? At About $9. Uh, was it a big hot dog or? Mm, big hot dog, but the bun was like a hoagie bun. Very bready. Ugh. Now, there's some good places. There's a group of guys that run. Is there Chick-fil-A there? Oh, of course. It's Atlanta. It's like asking, is there Coke served? <laughs> uh, except on Sunday. Uh, there's uh, some guys who sell barbecue in, in left field that I particularly care for a lot. You know the best that barbecue I- place in Major League Baseball, though, is? Kansas City? No, Boog's Barbecue in Baltimore, oh, man. Boog, of course, Boog. I just finished Boog's book. Boog Power, and we're talking I- about, folks. Uh, well, yeah, Boog, Boog Powell, who uh, started this. And now it's interesting that other ball players have gotten into it. Greg Luzinski has a place at the Philly Stadium. Manny Sanguian has one at the Pirates. And he was the first to kind of start this. Yeah, nothing like watching a game and smelling the barbecue s- smoke float well, over your a, head. Oh, my God. He's a bigger-than-life character. He is. I mean, six eight you know, or something. Nobody young of us, uh, nobody at our age is going to remember the the Miller Lite commercials. <laughs> where you had to give the glasses to the umpire. Hey, you're Boog Powell after <laughs> talking for a few minutes. Yeah, and he did commercials for uh, for Maryland for the lottery, where he dressed up like a gringo, like Clint Eastwood in those Italian movies. <laughs> He's just a bigger than life. He always was a bigger than life character, and and that's. It, <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I'm getting over a sinus infection. There's no one else 
former Orioles that had that personality. No, not really. Frank would not. Frank Robinson would knock people down, and, and Brooks was a likable guy. But he was like Mayberry. He's like yeah, Andy Griffith. Not that big personality like that. Yeah. So that's the you, know, you have to have that. I mean, look at you know Mike Schmidt could not do that at Philadelphia, but Big Greg Lazinski could. Yeah. Right. Dave Parker couldn't do that unless he saw it in cocaine. So Pittsburgh, <laughs> oh, Manny Sandia. All right. Well, what about the baseball busted. game you actually saw? Did did the Atlanta win or did they lose? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Austin Riley hit his thirty seventh home run. I mean, this is a guy that's going to have a hundred RBIs, who's blossomed into a star. Um, and, and you've got um, oh, I forgot the pitcher. He won his nineteenth game, which is the most amount in uh, baseball right now. Off button. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry about that. Sinuses have killed me in that respect. I'm trying to remember the pitcher's name, but I cannot. But he won his 19th game for the Braves. Yeah. And then Kenley Jansen, 180 years old, came in <laughs> and uh, picked up the save. He looks pretty good for his age. He does. It's, it's fascinating to the extent that uh, my wife is not that big a baseball fan. And, uh, and, and, and one of the players came in who the Braves have cut twice. Oh, uh, Oh, man, I'm trying to remember his name. He's one of the pitchers. And uh, She said, who's that old guy? Yeah, she was saying, how old? I mean, <laughs> how old is he? And I said, well, he's 39, but the Braves have cut him twice. And Kyle Wright won his 19th. I just found that out. It was Kyle Wright. And this is a guy who's going to be the number four pitcher for the year. But uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name. My gracious aunt. Jesse Chavez. That's it. Of course. <clears throat> and he's been cut by the Braves twice this year. And he came in and said, how old is he? And I said, well, he's 40. But there is a guy in the Nationals um, dugout who's 42 years old. And that's Nelson Cruz, who will not die. He's the Mike Myers of Halloween Well, playing how old is Major League Baseball. your son Jordan now? Jordan is, I got to do the backwards count. 35? 36? 36. Wow. wow. So the majority of guys out there in the field were younger than, are younger than my oldest son. Yeah. So that matter, that matter, my youngest son is 32, so that means everybody except the left fielder, Eddie Rosario, was younger than my youngest son. I could have been father <laughs> of the entire Braves team. Right, right. I understand. That's, that's putting it mildly. In yeah. The so they're, they're still in honeymoon for the World Series win. Sure, sure. Well, I don't think I think we've covered the basics of sports right now. You want to go to <coughs> culture and entertainment before you cough up a loogie? I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I've been watching a fascinating series on FX called The Client, which is a drama, and the basic premise is um, a psychiatrist is treating a patient. He gets knocked out, and the patient... Oh, Steve Carell's in this. Carell, yes, yes. Who is an underrated direct drama actor, if you really think about it. Uh, Foxcatcher, he was almost... You, you couldn't even recognize him. He played DuPont, who murdered one of the wrestling coaches for the Olympic team. He uh, was in the, the, oh, the, the movie about the housing crisis. 
He's dramatic. He does. He's a very good dramatic character for somebody who came up in Second City. He's almost a little scary he, to me when he does a straight drama because I'm so used to him cracking me up that when he's so straight, I, it's like, come on, give me a little break here. He's so intense. You would love the client, and it's almost shot entirely in the basement of the. Ser- you know, his patient is a serial killer. He right. knew it, and the patient uh, kidnaps him. To help him do therapy so he won't kill again. And any more I tell uh, would, would lessen the experience. Well, I'm not going to watch it anyways because I don't get <laughs> HBO. But that's all right. FX. FX. Well, I don't get FX either. So. All right. How you much do you F- pay a month for all your different services? I mean, total. Everything combined. Over don't, 100 Don't Don't ask. My wife might hear. And <laughs> I have to say, it adds up. You're like, wait a second. He has this, this, and this. You get Amazon, right? Yep. Have you watched any of the Lord of the Ring, the Rings of Power? I have not yet. I think you would enjoy that. I highly recommend that. Okay. That's good. That's something to look forward to. And and the Samaritan movie with with Sly Stallone. Yeah. Guilty pleasure. Yeah. We watched the other night Finch with Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. Did you see that? No, I don't have Apple. Aha! There's one service you don't have. Yeah, you got one over me. I don't have Apple. So, t- we love Tom Hanks. Um, the one, the Greyhound one, when he's a submarine. And a submarine. Now, that I've seen. That I've That's seen. excellent. I That's bought that. That's really good. good. Finch wasn't quite as good. It's basically cast away on the Earth. The world. On the world after the ozone layer gets burned up. And he creates his own uh, robot to help him get across country. Um, to help protect what he values most, which is this dog he saves. But um, best best apocalypse movie ever. Yeah, the best apocalypse. Mad movie Max, ever. maybe. Oh, searching for a friend at the end of the world. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. Steve Carell. Really. And Kira Knightley. Oh. It is a it's a romantic end of the world movie. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 it's nothing like, hey, the world's about to end. Let's get, on, get it on. It's indescribable. Now, it's set in Delaware, and it's obviously not Delaware because I lived in Delaware for some years, and we don't have mountains in Delaware. We don't have rocky beaches. <laughs> so neither does southern New Jersey. But if you can get past that, it's highly recommended searching for a friend at the end of the world. And it does not end the way you think it will. Yeah. I will just... Well, Finch does end the way you think it does, and it's okay, but it's too predictable. Even Tom Hanks, he wasn't straightforward <laughs> like other. It's not like saying, "Oh, Tom Hanks is always Tom Hanks." This, I think, he stretched himself a little bit, but it to me, it just wasn't that great a movie. I much prefer some of the other ones he's done recently. Did you ever see News of the World? I haven't seen that yet. I think that's on Apple, isn't it? Yes. Well, I think it's actually all kind of streaming channels. Yeah, I want but to see I, that, too. I, I like it. It's you know, Tom Hanks in a Western. And it's a nice little message in it. It's not as violent as you would think for a Western, but it's, it's very well done. Well, on Disney right and, now, you can see Tom Hanks in Pinocchio. And I said to my wife, do you want to watch this? And she says, no. <laughs> Have you back. seen Elvis? Huh? The Beast movie? Elvis? No, Elvis. Oh, Elvis. I know Tom Hanks plays the colonel in a bad oh, light. Oh, my God. Goodness, it's 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 the uh, gold member from uh, the uh, the Austin Powers movie. 
it's one of the worst Dutch accents. And the funny thing is, it's the Colonel. He plays the Colonel, who is the villain of the movie. And in real life, you know, again, uh, the Colonel was an expatriate Dutch that joined the American army and lost his citizenship. He, the one reason Elvis never went overseas to be in a concert or did an overseas tour was the colonel would never be allowed back in because he didn't have citizenship in the USA. And in real life, he, he was, you know, he moved to Huntington, Virginia, West Virginia, adopted a Southern accent. So he didn't speak in Dutch like Tom Hanks does. And it's, it's, it's horrible makeup. I mean, it's just bad makeup. But the guy who plays Elvis does a magnificent role. Now, there's a lot of factual inaccuracies in it. And you can tell it's in Australia instead of in the South. But that's what Baz Ruthman, who is the director, does. Well, that's he was filming that movie when he got COVID, right, Tom Hanks? In Australia, yes. Him and his wife. Yeah. But you can tell, I mean, it's supposed to be traveling to Florida. That's Australia, you can tell. It's the outback. And, but other than that, I mean, there, there, it's... The guy does a great performance, and I learned something that, that I did not know. The infamous 68 Elvis special, the one where he's in black leather. Uh-huh. Uh, the colonel set that up to be uh, Christmas, wearing a sweater and drinking cocoa and saying, here comes Santa Claus. And they kept him busy so they could film this comeback special. And at, afterwards, the colonel was so mad. He'd set up his giant bill, and he was going to bill Elvis for services. Now realize, this guy forced his uneducated father into a contract when Elvis was underage, where he got 50% of the profits and 10% of the total amount. Wow. So this was, this was a horrible, horrible human being. And he is the villain of the movie. But uh, again, it was better than I thought it would be. Enjoyable in that respect. Mm. All right, any other reviews you want to do, culture, TV? Uh, let me see. Uh, She-Hulk is pretty funny. I'm liking She-Hulk. She-Hulk? Are you kidding me? Yes. I watched a little preview, and it just looks like a badly done version of the Hulk. Laughs. They play it for laughs. They really do. Like, she has to go to a tailor for superhuman superheroes because she ate her clothes tear all the time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's it. They, it they, looks like uh, she should be on Shrek to me. The way that whole thing that's, comes that's out. That's what they call her. That's the nickname they, uh, they tend to call her all the time. How's it Fiona going? Fiona or whatever in Shrek. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty funny. It's not, not serious in that respect. I am. I know Andor starts tonight, and I'll be interesting to watch that. I did like uh, that was one of my more favorite Star Wars movies. In that it was part of the trilogy, but really not. It's kind of a story unto itself. Uh, so I'll, I'll be fascinated to watch that. that. That'll be interesting. That's cool. All right, Ernest, we're down to our final minutes here. Oh, wow. I know. I'm out of shape. We're there. I know we haven't done one for a long time, but uh, okay. final. Usually we tease you, or I tease you, that you always bring up somebody who dies. Are you going to bring up somebody who died besides the no, Queen? No, no. I want to just say that no one is more relieved, unfortunately, with the passing of the Queen than Reggie Jackson. <laughs> Those of you who love Naked Gun know... Which was a movie he, series, folks, if you didn't a know. A movie series in that uh, 
controlled by Ricardo Monteblan, uh, <laughs> Reggie Jackson is attempting to assassinate the Queen. And I love people who have a sense of humor because uh, on the day the Queen died, he sent out a tweet and say, my dearest condolences to the royal family, but now I'm free. I'm free at last. No one can accuse me of trying to kill her. So I like guys who have a sense of humor who can laugh at themselves. And it sounds like Reggie does that. And even though probably he's the last person still alive from that TV series. Well, OJ, he's still alive. I think uh, Priscilla Presley's still alive. So that's about it from that TV show. Yeah. George, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Montgomery. George, no, no, no. From Cool Hand Luke. Yeah. Big hulking guy. George. Yeah. Montgomery. It's not Montgomery. It's something else. Well, whatever. Is he still alive? Oh, maybe I've got George. George Montgomery was an English actor. No, 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 no. Not Wrong George. Wrong. Not George in the Jungle either. <laughs> you know the thing about George? George Carlin used to say that he hated his first name because it felt incomplete. Because every time he'd spell it, it'd go G-E-O-R, G-E-O-R, G-E-O-R. <laughs> Any atten- anytime I can slip in a little George, George Carlin. Carlin which that. people have no clue who that is. Look the up the seven w- words you can't say on TV. The, uh, uh, more than that, he was the voice of the conductor on Thomas the Train. So was Ringo Starr, so I don't know if that's a claim uh, to fame. After Ringo, it was it was uh, George Carlin. And in the movie, it was... I have no clue. Think someone who shot someone recently. Someone who shot somebody recently? Yeah. New York actor, known for oversized ego, 30 Rock. Am I giving you enough? Oh, clues? Alec Baldwin. Yeah, Alec Baldwin was the last conductor. He was in the movie. Yeah. Where else are you going to find Thomas the Tank? I, that, that's there. why you c- tune in to Pardon the Confusion. That's what you've been missing the last <laughs> few weeks. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to Pardon the Confusion. We had fun. Hope you did, too. We always talk whatever is interest to us. If you have ideas, what we should talk about, or questions, if you want to stump the chumps and send us some trivia, we'll take that too. And we promise not to look it up on the internet until after we do the podcast. So you can email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. That's gobluearnold at gmail.com. Go blue, as I say, every Saturday. And for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night. <laughs>